Chapter Twenty Nine of the Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins. Chapter Twenty Nine, Helena's Diary. On reaching the street which led to Philip's hotel, we spoke to each other for the first time. What are we to do? I said leave this place he answered together i asked yes to leave us for a while after what had happened might be the wisest thing which a man in philip's critical position could do but if i went with him unprovided as i was with any friend of my own sex whose character and presence might sanction the step i had taken i should be lost beyond redemption is any man that ever lived worth that sacrifice i thought of my father's house closed to me and of our friends ashamed of me i have owned in some earlier part of my journal that i am not very patient under domestic cares but the possibility of eunice being appointed housekeeper with my power in my place was more than i could calmly contemplate no i said to philip your absence at such a time as this may help us both but come what may of it i must remain at home he yielded without an attempt to make me alter my mind there was a sullen submission in his manner which it was not pleasant to see was he despairing already of himself and of me had eunice aroused the watchful demons of shame and remorse perhaps you are right he said gloomily good-bye my anxiety put the all-important question to him without hesitation. Is it good-bye forever, Philip? His reply instantly relieved me. God forbid! But I wanted more. You still love me? I persisted. More dearly than ever. And yet you leave me. He turned pale. I leave you because I am afraid. Afraid of what? afraid to face eunice again the only possible way out of our difficulty that i could see now occurred to me suppose my sister can be prevailed on to give you up i suggested would you come back to us in that case certainly and you would ask my father to consent to our marriage on the day of my return if you like suppose obstacles get in our way i said suppose time passes and tries your patience will you still consider yourself engaged to me engaged to you he answered in spite of obstacles and in spite of time and while you are away from me i ventured to add we shall write to each other go where i may he said you shall always hear from me i could ask no more and he could concede no more the impression evidently left on him by eunice's terrible outbreak was far more serious than i had anticipated i was myself depressed and ill at ease no expressions of tenderness were exchanged between us there was something horrible in our barren farewell we merely clasped hands at parting he went his way and i went mine there are some occasions when women set an example of courage to men i was ready to endure whatever might happen to me when i got home what a desperate wretch some people might say 
if they could look into this diary maria opened the door she told me that my sister had already returned accompanied by miss jillgall there had been apparently some difference of opinion between them before they entered the house eunice had attempted to go on to some other place and miss jillgall had remonstrated maria had heard her say no you would degrade yourself and with that she had led eunice indoors i understood of course that my sister had been prevented from following philip to the hotel there was probably a serious quarrel in store for me i went straight to the bedroom expecting to find eunice there and prepared to brave the storm that might burst on me there was a woman at eunice's end of the room removing dresses from the wardrobe i could only see her back but it was impossible to mistake that figure miss jillgall she laid the dresses on eunice's bed without taking the slightest notice of me in significant silence i pointed to the door she went on as coolly with her occupation as if the room had been not mine but hers i stepped up to her and spoke plainly you oblige me to remind you i said that you are not in your own room there i waited a little and found that i had produced no effect with every disposition i resumed to make allowance for the disagreeable peculiarities of your character i cannot consent to overlook an act of intrusion committed by a spy now do you understand me she looked round her i see no third person here she said may i ask if you mean me i mean you will you be so good miss helena as to explain yourself moderation of language would have been thrown away on this woman you followed me to the park i said it was you who found me with mr dunboyne and betrayed me to my sister you are a spy and you know it at this very moment you daren't look me in the face her insolence forced its way out of her at last let me record it and repay it when the time comes quite true she replied if i ventured to look you in the face i am afraid i might forget myself i have always been brought up like a lady and i wish to show it even in the company of such a wretch as you are there is not one word of truth in what you have said of me i went to the hotel to find mr dunboyne ah you may sneer i haven't got your good looks and a vile use you have made of them my object was to recall that base young man to his duty to my dear charming injured eunice the hotel servant told me that mr dunboyne had gone out oh i had the means of persuasion in my pocket the man directed me to the park as he had already directed mr dunboyne it was only when i had found the place that i heard someone behind me poor innocent eunice had followed me to the hotel and had got her directions as i had got mine god knows how hard i tried to persuade her to go back and how horribly frightened i was no i won't distress myself by saying a word more it would be too humiliating to let you see an honest woman in tears your sister has a spirit of her own thank god she won't inhabit the same room with you she never desires to see your false face again i take the poor soul's dresses and things away and as a religious person i wait confidently wait for the judgment that will fall on you she caught up the dresses altogether 
some of them were in her arms some of them fell on her shoulders and one of them towered over her head smothered in gowns she bounced out of the room like a walking milliner's shop i have to thank the wretched old creature for a moment of genuine amusement at a time of devouring anxiety the meanest insect they say has its use in the world and why not miss jillgall in half an hour more an unexpected event raised my spirits i heard from philip on his return to the hotel he had found a telegram waiting for him mr dunboyne the elder had arrived in london and philip had arranged to join his father by the next train he sent me the address and begged that i would write and tell him my news from home by the next day's post welcome thrice welcome to mr dunboyne the elder if philip can manage under my advice to place me favorably in the estimation of this rich old man his presence and authority may do for us what we cannot do for ourselves here is surely an influence to which my father must submit no matter how unreasonable or how angry he may be when he hears what has happened i begin already to feel hopeful of the future End of chapter 29